everyone. Welcome to episode 222 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And you know what? It is summertime in Florida. And you know what that also means, though? You get to the end of August and it's hot and it's all those things, but it also means it's Randy's birthday. So this past week, yeah, this past weekend, I didn't do anything except sit on the beach, soak up the sun. I did get a little burnt and my wife, I I fared better than Heather. Uh, In 50 years of life, (laughs) she has never once actually sunburned her lips. And today she has been, you know, spraying all all of these concoctions. She's been rubbing aloe on them. And just a little bit ago, one of the blisters on her lips actually popped. And I'm like, oh, right. So, you know, it could have been worse, but the thought was good. We spent a weekend away. And so I missed... I missed everything church. We didn't even have a, we didn't even watch church this week, which is unusual. And so I had to go past this all and catch up because it just, you know, just wasn't there this week and it felt good, but I also missed church. So I appreciate everything that we do each week, trying to make sure that church is available and it's easy, easily accessible. Just uh, this weekend, my, my girls were like, you don't get to bring your laptop. And really we really appreciate it if you just didn't even do anything on your phone. Just just leave it away. So this week, discipling others, I thought, you know, last week I started out by saying that Andy had set the stage for us as disciples and tried to, you know, calm our fears about the difficulty in attaining those lofty discipleship goals of discipling like Jesus. And this week, I think he started with just the opposite. He said, I've wondered something this week. To some of you, my pondering may have a heretical ring. But the more I've considered the thought, the more I'm thinking the truth is not far from it. I wonder if Jesus invited us to play and we turned it into work. Seriously, Jesus' invitation was clear. Follow me. It might push some of you too far to say he was inviting those people into a divine human game of follow the leader. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy. But when you think about it that way, the immediate question is, why is it so hard for many of us to believe that maybe Jesus wasn't a 24-7, 365 soldier on a mission that he knew would end in his doom, and therefore he must have been this stoic, no-nonsense teacher with no time for silliness, right? That that seems like sometimes how we see him, and that doesn't mean that that's correct. No. So speaking personally, what is it that you see or has happened in your life that leads you to believe that even with the limited knowledge that we have about, you know, the off hours of the, even the very short account that we do have of his life that really makes you feel like play was part of his personality or maybe even part of his plan. Well, you can see in his teaching, um, a definite humor, hyperbole, uh, stretch points, um, Red herring story, you know, that where you think it's going one way, it goes another. And he, he, he had uh, at least a certain wit about him, uh, for sure. And there's a playfulness in his response to some people. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it just, yeah. I, you know, as you said that, Andy, I, I got to thinking it was an interesting take. Um, but if you think about it, the miracles that Jesus did, and if you look and trace through those, the miracles that he did were actually miracles that were 
he was actually taking away stressors or obstacles that kept them from following him. In other words, mm, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the, the pressure of the wedding and the, and not having the, uh, you know, enough of uh, enough wine for the wedding. He's, he's taking away the stressor so that actually, and he actually provided something that was even more joyous you know, something that was actually even more beneficial. The the blind man, he he spits on the ground and he takes off these sh- these shackles or scales on his eyes, so to speak, and now he's able to see it. So I think I think you're you're really onto something from the standpoint of he tries to remove those things so that the business is really about just following rather than worrying and stressing over the things that I, that that are in forefront in my mind. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the more I thought about it, I'm thinking to myself now dealing with the disciples on a 24, seven, 365. I mean, that would almost certainly need some humor to keep oneself sane, son of God or not. just to be with a group of people that the dynamic nature of all of those individuals and their personalities and I don't know, just get 12 people in like, we're going to, like you said, Andy, they're going to camp out. They're going to walk everywhere. It's going to be hot. And I mean, have you ever hung out with 12 people for three years, pretty much day to day? And just like, how could that possibly not had humor in it in order for everyone to have survived in any way, shape or form that would have put you in a mindset to do these miracles or to, and I, I guess some of the accounts of the disciples, they didn't seem like they were always in a great mood uh, to different people. And they thought that, you know, Jesus gave too much of his time away, but that almost seems like that is lending itself in part to this idea that maybe Jesus was a lot more playful and just wanted to reach people with humor or with a smile and more of a playful nature than more so as this stoic. I know. Is it because that he's the son of God that we immediately apply this label or this personality to him? Well, no, we, we have missed, we have, we've mixed up <laughs> um, my hair. Here I go. Okay. But we, we, we've just, we've, we've confused importance and somberness together. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, yeah. I mean, if 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 something's important, then it's got to be a little bit, um, I don't know, ser- serious and harsh and somber and stoic. Sure. And that's not necessarily true. Why? Why can't very important, serious things have have uh, laughter and joy attached to them? Not just this this um, stiffness that we sort of want to put on the spiritual. So I think it's our, maybe it's our, uh, or the, not the pilgrims, the, um, oh, come on, Andy, Puritans. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe our puritanical heritage yeah, <laughs> has, has, we've read that back onto Jesus versus reading it from him. Yeah. I mean, mm. what, what do you think? Yeah. I think, I think you're onto something in the fact that it seems like, I know growing up, and I've heard people say that they miss this when it comes to church, where like people don't dress up enough anymore. Pastors, Sabbath school teachers, even just parishioners walking through the door. We want suit, tie. You know, if you're Catholic, 
there's the robes, the the hat, and the all the pageantry that goes with it. But walking softly in the sanctuary, you know, that was something. There's a song, wasn't there, when we were kids? Something about walking softly in the sanctuary, or was that Pathfinders? I don't know. Something about <laughs> something about that. Yeah, I think and, you're and, confusing Pathfinders with. Some other song. Yeah. Well, and it seems like none of those are bad things. I mean, it should be, you know, respectful and, and all all of that. I, I'm not saying anything to the contrary, but do we just then take those ideas and we we see that seriousness, we see business attire, and immediately we're put our, putting ourselves in another well, box? Well, God, yeah, well, God is two things simultaneously. He's totally other. The difference between me and him is – greater than measurable. I mean, you know, he is everything. He's got it all together. He understands everything. Um, he's totally holy. Okay. So the difference between me and him is he's totally transcendent. He's totally other. Yeah. But then he's also, but then he's also the eminent guy. He's the, the father in whose lap into which we climb, you know, he's the, the one who puts his arm around us in times of, of when we're challenged and encourages us. So there's this closeness and there's this distance. And it's, it's funny that we, we, we tend to swing one way or the other. We, we like to think about the whole transcendence of God or we try to like think about his eminence. To hold both of those in our hands, they, they, seem, almost, they seem almost paradoxical. But, yeah. but, but he is both those things. He is both close and far. But we're talking about redemption and salvation. I mean, Jesus – time on the earth was this, you know, idea that he was going to come and redeem the entire human race. So doesn't redemption, salvation, I mean, it is serious business and it would, I mean, is that lessening the impact of the cross or anything that he did by, I mean, it almost seems sacrilegious to say that, that somehow that we should be, I mean, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but I don't think, or I don't feel personally that installing humor or fun or playfulness as a way of coming at things makes them any less serious, but it almost seems sacrilegious. I mean, is, is that just because we've been trained to feel that way? Is that where we get it from? Or is there, is this our conscience telling us? Cause I know that's what I've heard. People say, well, it's your, it's your conscience. It's Jesus. It's God telling you that this is wrong and, and we should be more contemplative and we should be serious and we should be respectful and we should do all these things the way they've always been done? Or is this just tradition versus looking at it another way? Well, we don't want to make, we never want to make light of God. Right. We never right. make light of God or his work on our behalf. Those are wonderful gifts, but just as we don't make light of them, we don't have to make them heavy either. You know, we, we, we tend to think, uh, it's sacrilegious to make light of them. I think it may also be sacrilegious to make them too heavy. Ooh. Yeah, I like I like heavy. Yeah, I, I like think heavy. a lot of times we get caught we get caught in these words that we have used for so long to mean something. Like you you said at the very beginning, um, playful kind of reminds you of being silly, and maybe we just need to change some of our definitions mm-hmm. and make. Maybe we can, you know, reframe these this whole conversation to actually be a little bit more, you know, all of us have different, you know, terminologies, but but to be able to to think of Jesus in in different 
terminologies that help us understand him in his eminence, like Andy said. Like uh, we even say, you know, does, did Jesus work? Well, yeah, he did work, but we wouldn't equate that with, you know, performing or, pro, you know, he was productive, but we wouldn't equate that with something that was um you know, of building a, you know, a company. You know, so we all have, we have to use these different terms. So maybe we just have to change some of our, our, our words and our terminologies for these things. Yeah. There's, and there's a diff, there's definitely a difference between joy and laughter and play and mm-hmm. abject silliness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If we've got a fulcrum, we have to go on and stay, st- go out and stand on to balance it's quite a way because the, the church has just, is there, is heavy fight a word? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, you know, if it isn't, I think it should be for this because be. <laughs> even if we have to make up some words that really say how we're feeling and that changes like Jeff, like you're talking about changing the way we think about things by just changing some vocabularies. If we're just saying, Hey, we're just, this is too heavy for me. You know, I think we need to lighten it up a little bit. I, you know, maybe there's just a – that's what it takes to make the – maybe the tipping point to start that paradigm shift towards realizing that there might be better ways to do it and – or at least different ways that are acceptable that we don't have to get all up in an ire about because that always seems to be the end of it is – it's almost like politics when you talk about this because – the people that are so into the one way of doing it, it's the way it's always been. There's no room for change and change of this nature. I mean, it's just, it's silly. It's all these things. We just can't have that. This is serious. Well, it wasn't me who said this. It was, it was Jesus who said, except you become as little children, you're not going right. to enter the kingdom of heaven. And little children are not known for seriousness. They're known for play. They're known for play, and, and we think of play as frivolous. But play is discovery. Play, play is is seeing things from new angles. Play is is being able to relational and relational, yeah. like get caught off guard, and and you know, just, it's a discovery. It's a discover journey of discovery. Just when kids are playing, they're discovering. Well, and mm-hmm. I think that I I know I've talked about this the last I feels like the last couple of weeks, but the the show The Chosen, and it's something that my family and I now we've watched it all the way through a couple different times. And there's different things that you pick up on. And when you started talking about this message right at the beginning, it brought me to the episode that contains the wedding feast and, you know, Jesus first miracle changing the water into wine. And the, the picture, again, this is just a TV show and it's just somebody's idea of well-researched, but someone's idea of what that event was like what might have led to the scarcity of the wine not being enough and the social impacts that that would have had and were having. And when you see Jesus interacting with Simon and Andrew and the smiles and the, you know, they had fun. They went there and they had a good time. I'm sure Jesus knew what was going to happen. And, you know, he talks to his mom and, and he does all of it with a smile on his face. And it, it has brought me to a different, maybe a different look at Jesus than I've had before. And again, it's just a TV show. And I, there's plenty of people that have their own opinions and they don't like this show. And they think they take too much liberty with different, you know, even what would have happened in a 
in this time and in this place. But to me, I, I really resonated with your message because after watching the show and totally in line with what you're saying is that I think Jesus could have easily, very easily, and maybe, maybe more so than not been more of a playful, you know, having a joke, playing a little prank or having fun with, with the disciples and other people that really drew people to him more so than, you know, we always assume everyone knew he was the son of God, but many people just knew him as a teacher. So what brought people to him? And I think there's a lot to be said for that type of approachable, right? He was just approachable. And, and think about it today. Some of our favorite people are people that we can just approach because they're fun. They make conversation interesting. They make us laugh. And who doesn't like to laugh? Maybe now more than ever during a pandemic. So I think that's really changed my perspective. And so I was really I was really interested in what you had to say in this message and maybe because the two work together. But I, I think that we're onto something here with that. It just doesn't need to be all so you shouldn't be interjecting fun here. This is serious business. And I don't know, maybe I feel well, a little more comfortable. You know, Randy, when you're talking like this, it wasn't unnoticed that that Jesus was having fun because the Pharisees and well. the leaders <laughs> of the church came to him and actually said, hey, you're having you too know, much fun. <laughs> you're having too much fun. John's disciples never did this. And and uh, you know, talking about John the Baptist, and yeah. and he responds, "Hey, when the bridegroom's here, you know, it's time to celebrate." And so he he did not make any bones about it that that's what he was going to be about. I know to me that's reassuring, and it may not be to everybody, but yeah. The next couple of things that Andy talked about, and we did talk about this a little bit last week, we touched on it, but Andy went into more detail and like what makes anyone look at us and think. You know, I wonder what it is about them that I'm drawn to, or they seem so happy, fulfilled. And why would anyone just follow us as imperfect followers of Jesus that we are in this game of follow the leader? But Andy asked a few questions this week that I want to cover, maybe not to answer necessarily, but they really left me thinking about them ever since I looked at them on Sunday night. He asked, what is it about your own lifelong friendship with God that would attract anyone to want to be a follower of Jesus? Seriously, is there any qualitative difference in your life and the lives of your secular friends as we move through the pandemic? Ouch, that one hurts a little bit. What about your being a follower of Jesus and a friend of God is better than the non-follower, non-friend of God? And here's a concern for me and a concern I have for you. Do we make being a disciple and making disciples too arduous, demanding, and laborious And he finished with, I think, too many Christians too often have made it something it wasn't meant to be. And maybe the hardest hitting, our enemy the devil knows how to keep us exhausted. And if you really stop and think about those four things, those are questions that, I don't know, if you don't have answers for, it's a little scary. Maybe more so than whether or not we think Jesus should have had any fun or not. (laughs) I mean, really, right? I mean, this is, those are four things that if there is no difference in quality, quantity, I mean, I don't know what all the defining factors are, but if there's really no difference between you and who we would consider a secular friend, then what is it about what we're doing that makes anyone want to come on this side and taste and see that the Lord is good? I mean, you know, what should the top three things be? that someone should see in us that 
they're not getting anywhere else. We know from a lot of sources that it's really, really hard. It's hard to be led by someone you don't like. Mm. Well, there you go. Not that it's impossible. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're in the army, you don't may not like your general, but you're going to still obey. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but from a pure leadership standpoint, it's really tough to be led by people we don't like. And so I I really think one of the calls for us as Christians is to be likable, you know, show ourselves friendly. Uh, That's where we have the opportunity to build those, those relational bridges. That seems so simple. Like, just be nice, be friendly, be approachable, be be somebody somebody wants to hang out with. <laughs> well, that's you know, really, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, if we, I spoke about a couple weeks ago about, you know, our strategy is, is to hang out with people and get to know them and sympathize with their situations and hear their stories and meet their, minister to their needs, win their confidence and invite them to follow Jesus. If you're not very, um, if you if you're just if you're if you're not very nice, <laughs> if if you're no, I'm serious now. If you're if no, you're, I, if, I you're know. Reli- if if your religion has turned your smile upside down, people people really don't care what you know. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Or what you believe, and so this is not a call to compromise. This is not a call to lose principles. It's it's a it's a call to be affable. It's a it's a call to be pleasant and engaging and com- conversational and you know and it means different things for different people who are wired differently, but the reality is whether I'm an extrovert or an introvert, whether I'm a, a loner or a people person or you know what whatever the variances are, I can still be affable. I can be nice. I can I can be pleasant to be with, uh, yeah. regardless of my style. Absolutely. Well, I. I think there's another side of that, and that is that it's one thing to be led or to have somebody over you that you are basically needing to uh, take charge and, you know, more like a sergeant, like you said. But it's another thing to desire to be with. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I think that that's the whole piece is that God is everything. He is certainly the one that knows us. So he can lead us, but he's also somebody I want to hang with. I want to be with. And I think those are the pieces that very rarely can you ever achieve those two by, you know, just being an autocrat and saying, follow me, you know, but the fact that they all wanted to be with him, you know, and I think we have to, I think we need to take that to heart for who we are as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if nobody seems to want to be with you, it's probably a good time to reexamine a little of your walk. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so mean. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I was laughing before because it's like I, you were trying to pick your words very carefully and you did a great job to, I mean, because that's part of it though, right? Is trying to say what you want to say. And speak truths that sometimes are more difficult than others, but to do it in a way that people understand that this isn't a dagger thrown at you. This isn't a rock thrown through your window because I live in a glass house. And so we're all in the same boat here and it it can be very, very difficult. And I think that's the part that a lot of people 
go, you know what? I'm not even sure that this is the right thing to do. And then all I, you know, this is might end up making somebody mad. It's just going to create more drama. But at the end of the day, I think if we bring it back to who didn't want to be by Jesus, who didn't want to be in his company, who didn't want to listen to his stories and find that love that he was so freely just allowed to flow through him and into others. And so I think what you're saying is we just need, like you said, we need to be affable. We want to be the people that we'd like to hang out with or that others would, would, would welcome a chance to be around. And I think we get the two confused so easily about what it, the seriousness or the levity. And I hope at least our discussion, we may not have answered every question, but at least if we can rest on the part that, you know, this doesn't lessen the how serious you are about loving Jesus or how how much you love Jesus or that you're you're not taking things seriously. And we just want to be more relatable and more engageable to others around us. If that's if that's where we can land, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. If, she, if Jesus was serious that he won't put anything ill fitting or heavy on us. And if we if we stick with him, Matthew eleven. 28 uh, in the message Bible says, yeah, we'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Exactly. And, uh, and there'll be a certain attractiveness to that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, one of our whole life takeaways stays on track and it asks, what are your thoughts about the idea that God invites us to play and we turned it into work? Now I know there was a, a ton of them this week, by the way, all the takeaways were worth time and investing to think about and to see how they might apply to your life. You can find them on the website, wholelife.church. They're in the sermon archives and their sermon notes. Just click the link there. It's in today's show notes here in the podcast. So just swipe up. You can find it there, or you can listen to our message podcast each Tuesday evening, speaking of grace. And in their show notes, all of them are always included. So you can easily find them. And I know I referenced my Midwest up bringing a lot. And seemingly, it's most often when attempting to tackle an idea or thought in our takeaways, because for me, they typically challenge the status quo or the long-held beliefs. And I'm air-quoting beliefs because I think in this case, and in many cases, I think if we were honest with ourselves and the amount of actual biblical clarification of our beliefs, we would classify many more of them as preferences. For me, I'm, I've never entertained the thought of God being fun or playful before this and before recently. It wasn't the picture of him that I was taught. And I'm not saying it was purposeful. I'm not blaming anyone because I don't even know if it was realized by many. But simply it was just the accepted or acceptable view of God that was in my surroundings. And it took years for that idea to man itself even as a possibility. And it was probably a bad idea that it was a possibility blasphemy, most likely. But now I've met too many people like Andy, like Jeff, like many people at Whole Life Church and other places that I see the heart of Jesus in their daily lives and in their actions that show his love. They manifest it in the play of their talk, their actions, and the way they speak about the love of Christ. It made me want to be that Christian to my family and my circle, and it presents itself in so many ways that I don't think we even think about. And it doesn't cheapen or lessen my walk with God, but it's done exactly the opposite and made it deeper and more meaningful. So if you can grow up that way and then find it on the other side of your upbringing to say, you know what, I think this might not be a bad idea and I'm pretty sure it's not blasphemy, 
but I know it's not the easiest thing to step over that line and try on something new. But what about you? How have you found the invitation to play? Have you accepted it? Have you put it on the back burner? Or is this a, okay, I found it, but it's not for me. We'd just love to see how this, what the thought process is in our whole life community. And for those that listen, I know we have a lot of people that listen from other countries, different places. Would love to hear your perspective on what you feel play or how play is involved in this. Send a voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or podcast at Whole Life Church if you are of the email persuasion. All right. The final thoughts this week come from a well-known passage from the book of Matthew that we've already referenced briefly. That brings an invitation and a roadmap for how Jesus says this whole disciple thing is supposed to work. He said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Andy just referenced that. And I really like, really like the freely and lightly part of that. And the message is actually one of my favorite. It's not the one I study. It's not the one I read every day in my uh, in my daily reading. But it is the one that when I find something that seems too complicated or too difficult, sometimes I go to that and I find another Kind of like this. I'm a little more serious what I read, but then sometimes I just need that little extra playful. And sometimes the message is that other side of the playful that we need. And I think in this verse and in this couple of verses in this chapter, it is maybe the best antithesis of what it reads in the other version. So live freely and lightly. That sounds really, really good to me. So guys, this was what? The last of, we have a new series coming up, correct? Yeah. And, yes, we do. And what, yeah, new series next this this coming week is uh, simply gospel, and and Jeff is going to be preaching. What? Yay! I'm <laughs> giving to Andy a break. All right. Um, well, I mean, not all right because so, Andy's getting a break. Well, that's good, Andy. I'm glad you're getting a break, but <laughs> yeah, but no, it's good, 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 good for Jeff. Good. So, what what are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, basically it's, it's kind of a takeoff of, you know, the, you're familiar with the simply orange juice, simply lemon, you know, basically Mm, some of my favorites, the ideas. Yes. uh, Nothing added, so to speak. And actually I went to the label and I looked at the orange juice and and it actually is right. Nothing is added, which is. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about truth and advertising. I actually believe (laughs) All right. So just like the orange juice and the lemonade, we can trust Jeff not to add anything this week. Are you going to put a label on this or what? So uh, it's called Simply Gospel. It's Simply Gospel, but this one is called Nothing Added. Nothing Added. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, we will definitely – I can't wait. I always love it. I mean I'm always sad to see series go because it seems like you just get into the flow and the thought process of – what we're trying to digest and apply to our lives. And then we move on to the next, but this year, all right. But this year, I feel yeah, like I have a 10 part Andy's language, <laughs> <laughs> but this work year, our way through Isaiah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> as long as you didn't say numbers, I'm probably with you there. Let's uh, there we go. that's, we just finished that not too long ago in the reading plan. And that, that was brutal. Uh, but anyway, that's just me. But I, I like the fact, I think this year we've maybe done a better job of 
since we've been at Whole Life Church, really, of each one of the message series have really dovetailed into the next very smoothly. So I feel like we've kind of been talking about the same things for a little bit longer maybe than in the past. So I myself personally have been enjoying that. So kudos to staff and everyone that makes all that happen. So, all All right, that's going to do it for this week. It's as always Tuesday evening is speaking of grace next Wednesday as usual for episode 223. Thanks for listening guys and have a great week.